I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hi, this is Claire from Yacht and Omni Reboot, and you are listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. And this is a Nerdy Show Microsode. I'm your host, Cap, and with me is... Danica. Brandizzle. Jessica. And John. Were you on like Brandizzle? Don't ever say that again. I'm Brandizzle. We're going to be talking about cyberpunk. This is a double-length Microsode presented by the team-up of Dr. Zombie Pops and Joe Barda. They didn't give us any special instructions, just cyberpunk. Well, Go I'm going to tell you that first off, the definition of cyberpunk that I know it is when you're fucking around on the internet a lot because you're being a punk, that's cyberpunk. Right. That's what it's about, right? <laughs> that's cyberpunk. You're an asshole on the internet, like a troll. You're a cyberpunk. No, no. Am I getting that wrong? Am I, just, am I too old to get what you kids are talking about? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe too young. Maybe too young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need a stick to shake at you. <laughs> well... Actually, last night I just finished Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash, which if you Google cyberpunk, apparently comes listed as like the top 10 cyberpunk books. Wait, so it's all top 10 that. of them? Oh, I thought you said no, it will count it as the, the top, top 10. 10. Oh, okay. That makes more Plus, sense. Plus, uh, for Nerdy Show Book Club, we read Neuromancer, Neuromancer by William Gibson. Yeah. Which I guess is supposed to be like the quintessential it, cyberpunk. It, it is in many, yeah. many ways. The, I didn't really read it. I struggled through it. That's true. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> The word cyberpunk comes from uh, the title of a Bruce Bethke short story. He was inspired to write it while he was working at a radio shack in Wisconsin selling TRS-80 microcomputers. One, one day, a group of teenagers walked in and hacked one of the computers, and Bethke, who thought he was a tech whiz, couldn't figure out how to fix it. And then he had the realization that these kids would maybe someday have kids of their own, and they'd be even more fluent in tech. And they'd still be just as rebellious and shitty as regular teenagers. Wait, my definition was right. They're a bunch of fucking punks. That's where the term came from. Yeah, but you were just describing a troll. It's just an asshole troll. That could be anybody. That's yeah, not, trolls that's not, are... I think the definition is technically high-tech, low-life. There you go. Is, so is that, movie, that movie hackers. Well, here's the thing. Cyberpunk... Yes. And John and Jessica, feel free to correct me on this, but cyberpunk is dead. And here's why cyberpunk is dead. Bruce Sterling, who's one of the fathers of cyberpunk, declared it dead in 1985. Because it was, in fact... <laughs> He's like, I do declare it, it was dead. It was an actual movement. And after that initial energy happened, it became nothing more than another genre that people could play in, like medieval fantasy, dragons and shit. So while you can still write a good cyberpunk novel, and it still does happen, steampunk and every other punk that's come after the invention of cyberpunk, it was actually at one point a political movement fueled by the emerging technologies and cultures of the early 1980s. 
And as soon as that time passed, so did the opportunity for it to be much like actual punk rock, a moment in time where it was very tangible. Because now, everything is the cyberpunk future in its own weird way. Many of the things that people were afraid of or hopeful for are actually happening today for real. Right. So like the Snow Crash book, although I guess technically by that definition, if it was dead in 1985, wouldn't be considered cyberpunk because it was written between 1988 and 1991. There were things in it that one of the one of the characters is a 15 year old girl who's a courier and and rides a a skateboard and magnetically harpoons vehicles on the road. They call it they call it pooning. Pooning. They call it pooning. He he was stuck on that one. He made up a a slang (laughs) word that's already being used for something else called poon. I mean, come on. Anyway, so they have a a device, the suits that they wear, that they're traveling at really great speeds. If they fall off of their boards or get hit or something, it explodes into like a giant balloon around them, which I remember maybe five or so years ago. I heard that there was a company that was trying to develop a helmet that worked that way for bikers, where it was like a collar around your throat that when there was an impact, it would expand with air or whatever and cover your head. So I thought that was really cool that that was something. But that's sort of like, I mean, cyberpunk. Is there a lot of hacking in the book? Well, the main character, hero protagonist, is a hacker. That's, that's his name, by the way. You just wanted me to say that yeah. name. Hero, <laughs> hero protagonist. We hero can't figure out H-I-R-O. if that's like his hacker name <laughs> that's, or real name in the book. That's rough, man. That's, I, that, rough. I, that's what I said. I mean, if it's a hacker name, whatever. I get it. You're trying to be funny and stupid. But if that's his real name. There are so many things that are in those cyberpunk, quote unquote, books that we have today. Like it was basically like a virtual reality universe that they had called the metaverse. And there were lots of things that that we have now. So uh, maybe it is dead because we are in their future. Hey, once again, The Matrix also about cyberpunk. Yeah, well, The the Matrix was very derivative of lots of cyberpunk that might have been. In fact, The Matrix trilogy might have been the final nail in the coffin. You could say that. (laughs) So so end all cyberpunk for all time. Although I don't know if it had enough of the low life mechanics to make it actually it did cyberpunk. It, well, it did when they showed all the people that were hacking into the Matrix and they lived in fucking caves and were dirty and scoundrels and things, you know. Okay. The Same. ultimate low life. Poor people. People. Oh, poor people. <laughs> well, I mean, having that steep poverty gap, which we have in the real world and more so than ever, is an element of many cyberpunk stories. Right. Mm. The underdog. Yeah. Or, and having deep, dark crevices to crawl into like the need for crime the need for social milieu like you're um, the underdog and you're hacking the man that's what i get from it but i think more than that it's sort of depressing right where a lot of these are like these huge corporations have taken over and most people are just slave drones that then have to rise up and fight back because majority of the world of life is terrible yeah there's not an abundance of positive cyberpunk i mean i'm, I'm sure it's out there but uh but generally it's dark, it's dirty, and uh, there's not a lot of hope. It would probably just be general sci-fi then, right? Because you aren't dealing with the normal power struggle. You aren't necessarily dealing with the near future. Then you just sort of bypass the entire genre. Though Bruce Sterling claimed cyberpunk was dead in 1985, in 86, he edited Mirror Shades, the cyberpunk anthology, not a cyberpunk anthology, the cyberpunk anthology, which is widely regarded as the definitive collection of stories of the genre. And it's got William Gibson, Pat Cadigan, many, many more. There's a very compelling introduction that he wrote for it. And I think it has some great excerpts that really define what cyberpunk is and also what cyberpunk was. Cyberpunk is a product of the 80s milieu, in some sense, a definitive product. But its roots are deeply sunk in the 60-year tradition of modern popular sci-fi. The cyberpunks are perhaps the first sci-fi generation to grow up, not only within the literature ration of science fiction, 
but in a truly science fictional world. For them, the techniques of classical hard sci-fi extrapolation, technological literacy, are not just literary tools, but an aid to daily life. They are means of understanding and highly valued. The world of cyberpunks is paralleled through 80s pop culture, in rock video, in the hacker underground, in the synthesizer rock of London and Tokyo, the subversive potential of the home printer and the photocopier, scratch music whose ghetto innovators turn the phonograph itself into an instrument, producing an archetypal 80s music where funk meets Burroughs' cut-up method, it's all in the mix. This is true of much of 80s art. This phenomena, this dynamic, has a global range, and this is cyberpunk in its literary incarnation. I think I agree with Bruce Sterling, then. It really is dead, isn't it? Yep. All those things are so boring that you just talked about. Like, they've been happening for my entire life. <laughs> they're so, so boring. boring. Like, literally. <laughs> there you, John. They're dead because they're so boring. I agree, John. Everything is boring, honestly. I disagree with it being boring, but I think the thing is, is that there was a time where it was the future present, and now it's a nostalgic glaze. It's, but, it's, but, so, but is it actually dead? Because we have the whole thing like with net neutrality going on right now, where it could be those corporations are starting to rise up. So are we actually seeing a resurgence of it, it in a certain way? I think it's more of a refined art, too, because there are still a lot of hackers that are rebels, like anonymous and stuff, that go after major corporations. I think now it'd be coined crypto anarchism. Well, be that as it may, I think just that you're right in a sense. In a way, it just exemplifies how true the world of cyberpunks is becoming. But on the other hand, it also points to a kind of more topical, more on the nose derivative of cyberpunk that can reference things that are very, very relevant to today. Where they viewed it in the far future, it's now a little bit closer to the belt as far as sci-fi goes. And the feel of cyberpunk is tricky to say, you know, where it is now. But today there's people who will set out to like, I'm going to write a cyberpunk novel and it'll be stylized. It will be what it is. And I think that the cyberpunk spirit isn't gone. It's what has been conditioned to be called cyberpunk. Like, for example, it went by a bunch of titles back in the day. People called it radical hard sci-fi, the outlaw technologists, the 80s wave, the neuromantics and the mirror shades group before eventually the name cyberpunk was imposed on the movement itself. Claire Evans, who we interviewed as part of our Moogfest coverage in 2014, she's the editor-at-large of Omni Reboot and is part of the band Yacht. She uh, has this collection of short stories, and I believe all these are available online, so we'll link to them, called High Frontiers. In it, she has two articles. One's called What Happened to Cyberpunk? And her answer is much the same as what we talk about here, that it's it kind got of, it's, boring. It's under our noses. But uh, she also had a, uh, an article called 10 Science Fictional Thinkers on the Future of Cyberpunk. And Benjamin Rosenblum, said, no true cyberpunk today would be caught dead writing, quote, cyberpunk anymore than a 1980s cyberpunk would have written tropey planetary romance. The creators of cyberpunk are mostly still active, writing all manner of things. The restless spirit of inquiry is still intact. There's a really funky bend to the cyberpunk genre that's more than the usual Blade Runner noir down and out future scene that we've been talking about. And that's cyberdelics. I was going to ask, is there something called like cyberfunk? Or is that what cyberdelics is? I, I think George Clinton would argue that his music became cyberfunk. I think that seems fair. <laughs> What's a cyberdelic? As you may remember, in Neuromancer, when they were jacking into the internet, mm -hmm. it was a transcendental, almost drug-like experience. So it's like psychedelics, that, but something okay. having to do with cyber. Right. Well, basically using technology to augment your mind in such a way so that it is drug-like. Okay. There's a really funky Timothy Leary quote from the 1980s where he says, personal computers are the LSD of the 1980s. I have to disagree. Mm. 
because people that were doing LSD in the 80s, I'm sure, definitely didn't feel that way when they sat in front of a keyboard. Is this like a technological high? So much data, and then you just like go nutty. And then you just jizz all over the screen. So much data. <laughs> God, there's so much data. King's Quest 1. <laughs> Boom. In my experience, no. Well, to be fair, if you boiled um, a computer but... down and injected it into your veins, it oh might work God. just like LSD. It would probably kill you first. Oh, yeah, but... but you'd see some shit before you die. <laughs> Microchips flying through the brain. <laughs> That's not what the death part to me. <laughs> I guess the major problem is, is like cyberpunk was predicting the future. The future came true. Then everybody just moved on to the next near future. Yes. I guess that's the problem when you're predicting only 10 years ahead. It's kind of like how Transmet, so much of it became real already. Can we just not call it cyberpunk anymore? And if not, like, what's the reason for that? Is it because the word punk is too anachronistic? It's because it's not cool anymore. I don't know. I, if you were someone who was a part of the movement and it like really was a lifestyle, then you could see where it went another way and you're like, it's over. Like you goth know? is dead. So is cyberpunk. Right. <laughs> and all the people that are still trying to be goth, you're like, no, but On the other sorry. hand, like declaring something dead is in its own way. I understand why Sterling said it. And I agree that that feeling in that time and place was gone. It will never come back again. Right. There's probably some really shitty cyberpunk out there these days. As a genre, and it can flourish. And the, that, that rebellious nature, that sci-fi that's like just really dirty and well, i was gonna uh, say isn't cyberpunk just literally right now in this point in time just sci-fi because when you go back and read something that's cyberpunk it's very sci-fi-ish but well, i guess to today but the def like i said the definition of cyberpunk is is high tech and low life so they're still two different things i mean well, sci-fi yeah. is sci-fi but if it has a, a grittier element of a subclass of people or something like that that are trying to ha like that would still be cyberpunk it's a part of the sci-fi overarching genre there, but I think there's still room for cyberpunk. But absolutely, and, yeah. but just like like Jessica was saying, we might be in the 1980s version of cyberpunk now, but that doesn't mean that there's not a 2014 version of cyberpunk having to do with net neutrality or Facebook treating you like a product. Or yeah, I wouldn't understand. Like, I would not read that book. <laughs> if someone wrote a book about I mean, it right now, too real. We're, yeah, we're, like, well, we're I hear still the making news. technological advancements. There's right. still a future. Yeah. So I think Bruce <laughs> Sterling actually tweeted an article about how um, there's a little bit of a threat of a great fragmentation occurring over the internet, where every country would basically occupy its own internet. They're basically trying to wrestle control from the United States and the pact that had basically allowed the Internet to come into creation. Well, doesn't that um, happen anyway? Because like I'm sure China and Syria and Pakistan would all love to have their own country. Well, even, internet. well they, <laughs> so, no, 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 yeah. they, they do actually because they limit what can come in and go out. They do technically have their as own. As much as they internet. can, they can still I mean, they get, can get rid of Google than... and Facebook. They can cut out anything they want. So they kind of have their own mini for the average user. Right, cool. but then you get a VPN and you can just get around the Great Firewall of China. And yeah, right. and then you go to jail for 50 years. But hey, isn't that the perfect place I for cyberpunk now then? All of the books should be set in China. And Russia. <laughs> China and Russia. Although, oddly enough, I would say most cyberpunk was set with China and Japan. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say. Like, time, so. <laughs> so yeah, done. Been uh, Boring. Done. The thing about it is like, well, Facebook trying to fly entire plane drones for years in the sky, broadcasting Internet over rural Africa. That's, that's, that's what they need. I'm hearing of that, John. Can you? Uh... Well, we've been hearing a lot of stuff around that. Google, it, they're such a huge company, but their money comes in and grows by adding more people to the net. Well, where are there more people? Everyone's already gotcha. connected. 
So you mm. have to go and find them. And that's Africa and that's the middle of nowhere. What is a, and that's why they're looking into what is solar need? planes and massive dirigibles with Wi-Fi. Uh, let's just give them free internet. That'll solve everything. That's what they need most yeah, we of all. Solve their Ebola problem, but well, maybe that's why they're fighting. I mean, could you imagine if you had no internet for <laughs> you probably get pretty angry too? I'd rob a bank. We did, we we have no time for fighting. We're too busy downloading oh. Wakfu. That's true. <laughs> Pirating, torrenting, which we don't condone. I said download. Shh. What do you think download means in 2014? Shh. Well, it means you've legally purchased it and you're now downloading yep, it. Yep, that's exactly yes, right. that's exactly what I meant. Okay, wait, on that topic, cyber do things fashion? like torrenting and stuff, does that count sort of as cyber? It cyber is country? sticking it to the man. You're sticking it to all the men. Although but... since we're all doing it, it's not very subversive. Uh, no, we're not, Danica. We're not. I mean, nope. all of those other people are doing it. The thing is, the internet is really commonplace now. Before, it was an underground of people who were like, there were, there were the educators on it, and then there were the people who were like subverting society and getting Fortran. credit card numbers. And that's still happening, <laughs> but now it's happening in great numbers. So, and well, it's like, what about where it's actually spilled out into the real world? What about the uh, ATM card sniffers and uh, all the other weird stuff that we've seen where yeah. basically low-level criminals are actually using high-tech attacks? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a future present. That's what it is. Yeah. Wow. Here we are then, right? One of the things that I found odd about Mirror Shades, and we may talk about this on a further like uh, Nerdy Show book club or something, is that some of the pieces in here that I've read so far don't actually subscribe to what you would commonly think of as cyberpunk. The William Gibson story in here is about a photographer who's commissioned to take photos of architecture and machines representing the 1950s futurism ideal of gleaming chrome ships and so on, and then gets attacked by hallucinations of this future that never was. That story is called The Gernsback Continuum. And then in a story by Rudy Rucker called Tales of Houdini, it's a hypothetical film in which Harry Houdini undergoes three tremendous escapes where he's set upon by a judge a priest and a rabbi and this like, <laughs> sounds these, like a joke these, into a bar these ace world war ii pilots and it's really funny and quirky and weird but there's no so basically you're like, why whatsoever this, why is this cyberpunk yeah maybe it's the spirit it was done in or maybe it's simply that he's someone from the movement or because <laughs> i don't know the actual definition of cyberpunk maybe they are it's open for discussion, I suppose, but perhaps discussion at a later time. Uh, perhaps some of them are philosophical and other ones are technological in nature. Yeah, that seems certainly true, especially being that it was selected by Bruce Sterling, who, well, with pronouncing the movement dead, did seem very attuned to what the spirit of cyberpunk as he perceived it was. I don't think that it's boring. I think that <laughs> I think there's still much life in cyberpunk. It's just that it won't be something that's consciously branded as cyberpunk. People will and do continue to write stories that are very much in the vein of that. But as that future forward influence of sci-fi and present technologies and future technologies, anyone with that conscious mindset who sets out to write a story will create something that is the child of cyberpunk authors. And it's the child of that mm. space, that place in time, but it's grown and it's turned into something new. And there's a danger of genre fiction. A steampunk book might be really good. Or it might suck because someone's just jamming steampunk down your throat. Because <laughs> they really like right. steampunk and they just want to do it. Right. So that that's could... an example of a feedback loop, incidentally. <laughs> so cybernetics. Yes. That's Cyberpunk good... fashion. Cy what is it? Apparently it's mirrored sunglasses. Yeah. What about fiber optic Wires. dresses? There's a lot of fiber optic dresses, John. Does that count or no? Are we talking about yeah, no, I mean, current probably... day cyberpunk fashion? I mean, why not? Or cyber fashion? Both. Or... Anything. 
The fashion in most cyberpunk books was mainly black leather and mirrored sunglasses. The bondage. Hence the title for the anthology, Mirror Shades. There's also the technological element, like crazy amounts of wires and wearables. Like if you put in like cyberpunk into Google and like look for pictures, you'll see a ton of just crazy ass tubes and wires coming out of people but they're not real tubes and wires that have a function that's just for aesthetics and that's that's really the problem of it right here's what it is leather pants no shirt google glass there you go (laughs) boom nipple rings rings. (laughs) that's the future can they be nipple rings that change color like led nipple rings no i think nipple rings are kind of passe maybe maybe if they're led led color changing (laughs) nipple rings an iphone cod piece Oh, and a, and a barcode <laughs> as a tramp stamp. Nice. Barcode That'd be a pretty stamp. good tramp stamp. Girl, I'm going to scan your barcode. Is it a barcode <laughs> or a QR code? Oh, man. <laughs> QR codes. And oh, if no. not that, a uh, glyph for uh, augmented reality recognition. That's right. So I mean, when you want your girlfriend to suddenly have a penis when you wear your Google Glass, they have that little symbol down there and you put it on, it grows a penis. An augmented reality. You could do that. Don't, don't look at me that way. Or, or <laughs> if you whip out your 3DS, a Totodile appears. Hey, look at that <laughs> vagina totodial. <laughs> if any of you get like a crotchal tattoo of a QR code for a Pokemon, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to just scan someone's vagina and then it links to a website with Pikachu. Okay. Or ball pics. Because that's what QR codes really Pika, do Pika. is just link to a website. <laughs> All right, Brandon. <laughs> we should have a segment called Brandon's Look to the Future. Or Good Ideas with Brandon. Oh my God, I'm full of them. <laughs> Want to get to work faster? Have you tried teleporting? <laughs> so fucking easy. Just teleport, idiots. What's stopping you? Thanks so much to Dr. Zombie Pops and Joe Barda for requesting this double-length cyberpunk microsode. I'm sure they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you love it? Let us know. So remember, ne- next time your bank account gets hacked and you're missing all your money, just smile while staring at your computer screen and be like, I've been cyberpunked. <laughs> oh, well. And then Ashton Kusher will come out of your disk drive and fuck you. <laughs> wow. And on that note, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Before we go, though, don't forget that we'll be linking to all the books we mentioned in this episode's page. If you click through our Amazon links there or go to the site via nerdyshow.com Amazon, any items you purchase will fund Nerdy Show via our Amazon affiliation. In fact, we recently got a message from Anduin who made a big Amazon purchase and wrote to us saying, as her fifth birthday draws near the art grows stronger the games born of neurons of boards and electrons may the bros guide you where the hedge does not grow and promise of cookies and he wrote that strange riddle because he bought the following through the amazon affiliate link for his daughter's my little pony birthday new super mario brothers wii mario kart wii the cookie monster game for the wii and a few wii wheels he also warns beware of autocorrect Promises sometimes autocorrects to penises. If you like what you heard and you want the chance to request your own microsode or get a ton of cool outtakes, join us at patreon.com slash nerdy show and help fund the network. This month's perk is 15 minutes of outtakes from various 2014 nerdy show episodes, so random that they wouldn't fit anywhere else, including a rousing adventure time mad lib reading. And backers $5 and up get next month's perk a month early, and this month you'll get two early perks. Yeah, that's right. You'll get outtakes from the Dungeons and Doritos episode, These Boots Were Made for Swappin', where you'll hear the cast try to figure out how to portray each other's characters in the event of a body swap. And you'll get over 10 minutes of outtakes 
from the recording of our 2014 year-end final boss episode. And those of you with your eyes peeled on our Patreon may have noticed that our total has dropped from 590 to 490 just before the end of January. That's because one very generous person wanted to give us a one-time donation at the end of December and use Patreon to do it. Unfortunately, one-time donations aren't so good for Patreon, but you can still do them. If you're interested in giving Nerdy Show some one-time love at any amount, just head to nerdyshow.com support and you'll find the form to send to us. You'll still get all the monthly outtakes, but if you want to score even more cool stuff like microsodes, playlists on Nerdy FM, and monthly hangouts with the Nerdy Show crew, head to nerdyshow.com Patreon. Taking us out is a track from the soundtrack to the upcoming space shooter Super Galaxy Squadron, performed by Random Encounter. In fact, they did the game's entire score. This is Super Galaxy Squadron's title theme, Galaxy of Friendship, where these gaijins sing Japanese and fight for peace and love. See you next time.
thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. Yay! As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other gnarly shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon, brah. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more totally tubular perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can give us, like, surfboard sponsorships or, like, craft beer sponsorships, you know, whatever. You can subscribe to all the Nerdy Show podcasts via iTunes or SoundCloud. And uh, you can leave a comment, like, and share. Follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks, like at Twitter, Instagram, that shit, Pinterest. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, they've totally got it covered. John, John, are you there? Wake up. It's time for school. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I sound like a horse drinking its own urine. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.